Father, thank you for giving us the scriptures, making us your people. Lord, as we come to your word this morning, we pray that the truth contained here will be made clear to us. That by your word we would understand your will and your ways, your purposes, your salvation. Enable us to embrace your truth about our Savior in this passage. That we would trust you are truly with us and for us. For this we need your grace and we need your spirit. Give us the desire of our opinion this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Isaiah for about a month. verses before our verse, and go through verse 16, which is the two verses after. 
just to his north is uh, Israel, just to the northeast is Syria, and behind them is this gigantic Assyrian army. He's scared. He's trembling in his boots. He's a bad king. He can't make a decision. He's pursuing false gods. He loves idolatry. And so Isaiah the prophet is sent to calm him down and get things under control. To give him a message of comfort. And that's the message we have in chapter 7. That's why Isaiah states right at the beginning of chapter 7 in verse 1, he states, the enemy can't mount an attack against Jerusalem. He says, in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah. So this is Uzziah's grandson. Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Romalia, the king of Israel, so the two kings, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not yet mount an attack against it. So he's got these two kings and their armies outside Jerusalem.
that child to be born would be called Emmanuel, and he's given his name even before the child is born or conceived. And if Ahaz would wait, and if Ahaz would have faith, when the age came that that child was able to discern right from wrong, that all the bother, all the pressure, all the threat, all the onslaught from all the other nations and kingdoms, it would all pass away, and there would be peace. But if Ahaz refuses to listen to the voice of God, because of that, this is the beautiful part, God did not withdraw his promise because of the king's unfaithfulness. God is faithful to the remnant of those people in the nation of Judah who are faithful.
have but find yourself drifting away today, please listen. Do not see your need to know this Emmanuel. You see your need for Emmanuel? You see that out of the darkness of your life, or your depression, or your illness, or your weariness, whatever it is, the pressures of this world that are coming in upon you, can you see that God in his Son has sent Emmanuel? He's telling you that he is with you, that God is for you. He wants to save you, that his grace, his saving power, his deliverance, his act of redemption is in the midst of us today by his son. That's what Emmanuel meant to Matthew. It's good news. We all know it. We need to rejoice in it, that Christ came into the world, Emmanuel, God with us, to save us from our sin. He came to save his Emmanuel, what that name should mean to us. What it meant to Isaiah, what it meant to Matthew, the deliverance of the Son of God into the world. But what does it mean to you? What does Emmanuel mean to you? Does it mean there's a God who cares for you, a God who understands you, a God who loves you, a God who is with you, a God who forgives you? God who gives you salvation, a God who has saved you. What does Emmanuel mean to you? Some people want to love a representation of God. We've seen this throughout history. That's why they fix their affections, their spiritual feelings upon objects like pictures and idols, because they want to direct their, their spiritual affections toward things. They want to see something. But God is invisible. Through all the eras of time, men couldn't handle that. They couldn't help but direct their spiritual affections towards an object, thus the lure of idolatry in Isaiah's time. So God stopped and God stooped. Listen, I, I want to say this reverently. God stooped to become a man. God was not physical. He became substance that we might see him. The Apostle John writes in John 1, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He became substance so that we might see him, that we might touch him, that we might worship him, that we might hear him. It's a wonderful stoop. He means stepping down, coming down, lowering took upon himself human form, human nature, and that was the desire of man, to have something real, tangible, physical, to love, to hold, to touch, to see, and yet they rejected it. They got what they really wanted, but they rejected it. Jesus became man so he could be seen, he could be touched, Bible says in Colossians 1, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And in Colossians 2, he says, For in Christ, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. He's the express image of the Father. He's his image, he's his expression. If you could take a photograph of God, it would be the Lord Jesus. What you would see would be Emmanuel, God with us. He's the living form of God, yet men shut their eyes to him. They wanted to see God, but when they saw God, they shut their eyes to him. 
refused to acknowledge the glory that shines uh, from him to them. And men wanted to talk with God. In the Old Testament, you needed a priest. A priest is a person that goes to God for men. That's what had to happen. You had to have a special man, a holy man, to go to God and to pray to God for them and offer sacrifices for them. Couldn't go to God directly. Couldn't talk to him. Couldn't give him gifts. Uh, couldn't worship without someone in between. And man wanted to speak to God. So what did God do? God put Christ, his son, the word of God, in the human flesh so we could speak with him. And we reject it. To be without God is to be in the most wretched state imaginable. And to have God against us in the world would be to tremble. Surely that's what it means to be totally afraid. But to have God with us means everything. And he is with us. He took upon himself our nature. He took upon himself our being, our feelings, our emotions, so he would know what we go through. That he would both empathize and sympathize with us. He was with us. He was God. He was God with us. He had such glory, such beauty, such splendor, and yet he left it all and came down. He was true God, and yet true God became true man, God with us. Isaiah said that the birth of Jesus would be a sign. And we find uh, harmony uh, with this prophecy when the angels announced the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 2, the famous Christmas story. The angel said to them, Fear now, for behold, I bring you uh, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. God's always used signs to get our attention, to deliver his message to his people. And in the birth of Christ, we have a sign from God. What is the birth of Jesus a sign of? Well, it's a sign of a multitude of things, but a couple things to be sure. First, it's a sign of God's power. It's a sign of God's power. The birth of Jesus is not a normal birth. It's a supernatural birth. Isaiah told us that a virgin will conceive and bear a child. Some say the word used here can simply mean a young woman. And that's true. But every time it's used in the Old Testament, it specifically refers to a young woman who is a virgin. The birth of Jesus was to be a miraculous event unlike any the world has ever known. And in celebrating Christmas, we celebrate the fulfillment of this prophecy. God became man. Jesus, being God in the flesh, came and dwelt among us, being born of the Virgin Mary. We sang that. That song was based on the Apostles' Creed. In Matthew 1, it's made very clear that Isaiah 
later. They said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? He just fed 5,000 people. He just calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee. But that was yesterday. What about today? What are you doing for me today? You know, it would be really good if we could get a sign. And I read that, I'm always amazed. I'm like, he just gave you a sign. In fact, he just gave you two signs.
Mm-hmm. 